Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Ellison Wiest. Hello, Ellison. Hey, Sarah. So how is summer vacation with the three young grandkids? <laughs> very, very busy. <laughs> uh, lots of camps, sleepovers. Most of them not here, fortunately. <laughs> oh, lucky you. We we were always like the sleepover central. I know you were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, I think that it's just sometimes too chaotic here. But uh, Blythe is 20 months old and mm. she's a mover and a shaker. She has <laughs> no fear. Um, so that's been a little, little crazy. But the great thing is this week, for five days. It's just one generation here. Ooh. Carol and the kids are down at the beach. So Carl and I are by ourselves. Oh my gosh. And, and you're like, wait, what's that noise? Oh, it's yeah. my own thoughts that I can finally hear. <laughs> you know, sometimes we sort of look at each other like, uh, who are you again? Adult oh. conversation. Oh my gosh. But you know, you love living in a multi-generational house, right? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Most of the time I do. You're right. Uh -huh, you're right. Uh -huh, you're right. Uh -huh, and uh, I want to hear about your pickleball because, as you know, that is huge in the town I live in, in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am just really searching out now Pickleball Anonymous because I am thoroughly <laughs> addicted. <laughs> and um, I mean, if I could, I would play every single day and I might play more than once a day if I could. Oh, uh, I just, it never grows old. Um, so my new thing is, so the pickleball courts that I have ended up going to most often are up in Vancouver, Washington, which is, you know, Ellison, just across the Columbia River from Portland. Right. So, you know, without traffic, it's, I don't know, 15, 20 minute drive. So anyway, so I go and play pickleball. And then that is about three quarters of the way to the pond where I swim. 
So then I change into my swimsuit in my car at the courts and then drive <laughs> and go swimming. <laughs> the no uh, sound of whoop, whoop behind you <laughs> no, no, for no. an indecent exposure. Yes. No. Thankfully, um, uh, nicely tinted windows in the back seat. Oh, I, um, yeah. I'm, yeah. So, um, and I mean, there are, there are changing rooms at the pond, but there's no lockers. So then that would kind of... I just don't trust leaving my stuff in the locker. So the only thing I do is leave my flip flops on the beach and hope that nobody takes them. Mm -hmm. So I play pickleball for anywhere from 90 minutes to I kind of tear myself away after about two hours because I don't want to overdo my back. And, um, and to some people, two hours might be overdoing it on my back. I don't know. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, and, and then go swim for, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, something like that. And, and it's funny because I wear my Koros Apex GPS and, and, and while I play so that I can know the time and then while I swim. And so then, but it, it doesn't have a pickleball setting. Give them time. I'm sure they will if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> on the watch and so then but it it keeps track of steps so then when i download my data after my swim it shows like how many yards i swam and then how many steps i took wow <laughs> even, even though it says swim right <laughs> yeah. right so it's That's like oh ideal. look she, she took 3200 <laughs> steps while she swam <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love this technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it boosts my uh, calorie count at least, if that's oh, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. and um, yeah, I've even played hooky a few times and go up and and play um in on weekday mornings and then swim and and I tell myself it's okay because by going swimming then I'm missing the bulk of the commuter traffic headed south into the city. Definitely, which was getting tougher and tougher the longer mm -hmm. I was there. Yes, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. And there's still times that I get stuck in traffic and I just have to tell myself it's okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, gosh, it is amazing to me how many people play pickleball on a weekday. It is a mob scene there sometimes. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a fair number of retirees, but um, I don't know. But then it was funny. I was saying to some guy at the course the other day and he goes, oh, it'll clear out, you know, pretty soon. I said, oh, are a lot of teachers you know, are a lot of these people teachers? And so they're going to be going back to work. He goes, oh, no, they're going off to like Arizona or some other place where they have a second home. Like, right. Oh, must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you'd, you'd love it down here. I think our, I think Aiken's got about 28,000 people in three pickleball court. I mean, mm -hmm. big, you know, big, like, you know, double, triple oh. court. Yeah. Facilities. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So different. So you're saying like two or three places around town. Yes, there's, where there's... you can go. In fact, the reason I know that is because mm -hmm. I was supposed to take an intro class mm -hmm. and I just assumed that it was the one closest to me went bebopping over there <laughs> only to find out that I was wrong and then had to drive what turned out to be about a 20 minute drive because I didn't know where I was going oh. <laughs> to get <laughs> the other place and then somebody else said well uh the next one will be at such and such because i didn't get the start oh. i got there mm -hmm. so late mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, wow and you're mm -hmm. like wow i had no idea that's exactly uh. what i said yeah <laughs> all right well let's get on to the topic which is this is the second part of a two-part series called running through the ages 
kicked off on the August 2nd episode of our sister podcast, one of our sister podcasts, AMR Trains. So these two episodes spotlight women representing every decade of life. Um, on Trains, Dimity and the other AMR, Sarah, talked to runner a runner in her teens, 20s, and 30s. And on this episode, you and I are going to be chatting with a woman runner in her 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. We've chosen women with a variety of backgrounds to share their stories as runners right now at whatever stage of life they're in. Our first guest is Carrie Sazma, a 42-year-old in Minneapolis who is the mother of three fur babies, <laughs> uh, um, an avid runner, Peloton rider, and as Ellison has alluded to, knitter. Carrie is signed up to run a popular hometown race this fall, the Twin Cities 10 Mile. Thanks for talking with us, Carrie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to to get into this. Mm, good, good. Well, we're going to um, start off slowly. Um, uh, you have one more cat than I do. Uh, tell us, <laughs> t- tell us about your cats briefly. Sure, I'd love to. Who doesn't <laughs> love to talk about their fur babies? Um, I have three cats. Um, Georgie, I've had for um, a while now. She was my original, my original cat. She's just a a brown tabby cat, brown and striped cat. Um, and then I have two rag dolls who I adopted from some good friends. Um, they did not get along with the dogs in the household. So, um, I took them into a more cat friendly household, Bella and Peter. So we have a lot going on. They all have very different personalities. Um, you know, and they're, they all love the drama just like their mom. (laughs) Well, what do you do for work? I work for a large Fortune 500 company in the Twin Cities area. I'm a portfolio manager, which basically means I'm a marketing manager. Um, I manage a brand of furnace filters. Super exciting stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then when do you get to run during the day? Are you a morning runner, evening? Yeah, you know, I, I try to fit it in whenever I can. I'm not huge morning runner. That is something I aspire to someday. Um, I do work remotely most uh, days. I work going to the office about once a week now. Um, So I try to get in over my lunch hour. That's my favorite time to run. All right. All right. So how did you get started running? Great question. I have always wanted to be a runner. Um, And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've never been a very good runner. And I'm using air quotes when I do that. Um, Because I've always, you know, it would be too hard. I wouldn't be able to finish the full distance, whatever it might be, but I wasn't really following a training plan, I guess. I was just doing it mm-hmm. and hoping that it would just get better. Um, and so I, when I got the Peloton right before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic hit and I was looking for more things to do and get outside more, um, I looked into getting a running coach who could help me be a runner. Um, I used to do CrossFit a long time ago and I would always get nervous when I would see running on the whiteboard because I was so slow. Mm. Um, and so that really stressed me out and I wanted to not have that stressful feeling. Um, and I had stopped doing CrossFit when the pandemic hit and I was just looking for something to keep me going and get me active when we were all stuck at home. Mm -hmm. So what prompted you to hire a coach then if I'm hearing you right is, to sort of get you over some of that fear and set you in the right direction? Yeah, I think get me over that fear and be comfortable, I think, with the level that I'm at. But also, I, you know, I had trained for a half marathon a million years ago and I got a stress fracture and I'd broken my foot once. So I, I wanted to do it in a way where I wasn't injuring myself and I was afraid that I was going, you know, doing too much or, you know, mm. too much stress without really thinking about how to, to jump into running appropriately for 
my level, my body, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So then I can imagine it's very different than working with a coach than when you were doing it on your own. Yes, it is very different. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it because I, I need that structure. Mm-hmm. And I think that I struggled before when I would just, I'm going to go out for a run because I need structure. I need to know what I'm doing. I need to know the why behind what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, you know, part of me being a marketer is I, it's always, the you know, trying to figure out the why, why do we do anything? Um, and so that is, huge for me and being able to talk to someone and tell them my fears. You know, I had, I broke my foot a couple of Thanksgivings ago and I was out doing my own Turkey trot on a Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and I I rolled my foot and I broke my foot. And I had a lot of mental issues after that of going back outside and running. Mm. Um, And so having a coach to talk to about that, who, you know, has been through some injuries and knowing, you know, how to kind of get past that has been really helpful um, but also someone to help celebrate small victories, like going back out for my first outside run after that, um, was really helpful. Um, and I, have been able to see improvements. Um, you know, I talked about, you know, I don't like running in CrossFit because I was so slow. She has really encouraged me to embrace that slow run mm-hmm. because that's what really makes us better. You know, if Good. we can run for a much longer time, you know, at a slower pace, that's how we build up that endurance. So being able to understand that and be okay with that or be okay with taking the the walking intervals or whatever it might be, because I know that it's helping me get to the next level. That has been really, really good as well. Excellent. Well, I I know that the Twin Cities is full of very vibrant, active folks. It's amazing. (laughs) I love, 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 love living in Minneapolis. I'm actually in uh, Denver right now. I was at the the Chicks concert at Red Rocks last night. So just came back in from a hike. I did not run in this elevation, but um, yes, I I love it. I love being outside. The Twin Cities is amazing. We have so many lakes. It really is the land of 10,000 lakes. Mm -hmm. So, so many places to go out and run. Oh, cool. So have you run the Twin Cities 10 mile or any of the other uh, Twin Cities in motion races before? Yes, I have. I, I did the 10 mile again, a million years ago. Um, maybe not as many million as when I got the stress fracture, when I was training for grandma's marathon in Duluth, but, um, and then I've done a couple of the twin cities in motion, um, runs as recently I did the women run the twin cities or oh, women yeah. run the cities earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I did one other one that I am blanking on right now, but I, they're very well organized. I I love that. Um, And I like the fact that they also have a cause tied to them. I was able to donate a ton of shoes to the last one. Um, And and, it's fun. You go pick up your, your race packet at, um, you know, Surly Brewing. So, or Summit (laughs) Brewing, sorry. I said the wrong one, (laughs) Summit Brewing, better get it right. You know, so you can't beat that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm intrigued that you are using a coach. You know, a lot of people hire a coach, you know, oh, I'm going to do a marathon or, oh, I, I, you know, I don't know, want to come back from pregnancy or, or Mm -hmm. training for an ultra or something. I'm intrigued that you have a coach with kind of just an open-ended get me into running support me. Um, Talk a little bit about that because, because were you true? Do you truly consider yourself that you were not a runner before you had the coach? Yes, I do. I would say I was not a runner. At all, and I sometimes still struggle with. I'm a runner now, um, and yeah, I didn't have anything in mind when I, I started working with her. Um, but for me, it was. I always I, I feel like we can always learn, um, you know. And sometimes it's okay to say I don't know how to do this best on my own, but I want to learn something. Like when I learned how to knit, I had somebody teach me how to knit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, in a sense, I likened it to that. Like, I just wanted someone who could teach me how to do it the right way so that I didn't end up not liking running or, you know, disliking running, hating running, whatever it is. Um, and so that was really what I wanted to do. And, you know, we were all in that time and, and I'm single, not married. So living at home alone, I wanted to be able to, um, have something, you know, to keep me active during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to be able to spend the time outside. And I, I just felt that working with a coach was really going to be the best for me. Um, I wasn't, I was really unsure, you know, what it was going to be like when I first started working with her. And I probably at the time would never have guessed that I'd still be working with her, I guess, two, you know, two years down the road, but um, it's, it's been fantastic. Well, good on you for also sort of looking at yourself, uh, you know, looking after yourself. So that makes me think, how has your concept of uh, self-care changed since you turned 40? Oh, gosh. I, you know, when I was thinking about being on this podcast, I was trying to think about, you know, how is running different for me now? And there's a lot of different ways. I would say self-care, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, I, I never understand those people who don't a take their vacation time or don't take their lunch time. you know, like we need that self-care. And those are like the basics of self-care is taking time away from work. Work is not life. Um, you know, but my self-care has really changed to exercising for me now isn't to get skinny. It is because it makes me feel so much better. And I think that my perspective on running would, you know, that was something that I would turn to in the past because that's great cardio and I can burn a lot of calories has really turned out to be, this is something I can do to relieve my stress. Um, So I think, you know, in my forties, that was a huge light switch that, that really flipped for me is just thinking about it differently. Granted, I want to be healthy and I want to be in shape. um, But for me, a lot of that is the mental piece. And I know that exercise is a huge um, critical component to my mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So is CrossFit still a part of your life? I mean, have you gone back and said, yes, here I am the slow runner. Love me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I haven't gone back mostly because I really do love my Peloton. Um, you know, and I have that now and there's so many, you know, great pieces of content on there. Uh, and I think what I loved most about CrossFit was the heavy weights. Mm-hmm. So I do have a, a barbell in my, my garage and I have weights in my garage. So when I get the hankering to throw around some heavy weights, I do that. Um, but the CrossFit game started today. So I've already been watching a little bit. So I, you know, I, I enjoy it because I think it's, it's a really great community. Um, and a lot of my friends still do it, but you know, I feel like, like everything else, we evolve and I've evolved away from the CrossFit for a, a form of fitness myself. Hmm. Well, uh, I've got about 20 something years on you, Carrie, and I can say <laughs> that my, I loved running in my forties and into my fifties. So, um, you've got a lot to look forward to. Um, and I was just wondering if you have some goals that you've set up, uh, for your running you know, over the next couple of years. Yeah, I think I, you know, the biggest goal for me would be doing a half marathon. I think I have, um, I've already kind of said probably running a full marathon is just not in in the cards for me, um, which I'm okay with um, because, and frankly, because I don't want to spend a couple hours every Saturday running, you know, to prepare for that. That's mostly the the selfishness uh, uh, of it. So a goal would be to run um, a half marathon. um, And and frankly, a goal would just to be remain consistent Mm -hmm. Um, and, and have running be, um, 
you know, continue to be something that is a, is a form of self-care for myself. I mean, really, the, those are truly the goals for myself. I, I I don't need to win any medals. I don't need to be the fastest. Um, you know, when I think about, I guess I would like to run X number of miles without stopping, mm-hmm. right? Or without having to walk. Those are the goals that are important to me mm-hmm. now. Um, it's not so much, you know, being the fastest runner or winning any sort of races. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So does your coach, I assume you, you're you on the plan for the 10 mile now. Um, do you know what your longest pre-race run is going to be? I don't know. Oh. I don't get all my runs um, super planned in advance. She she uh-huh. wrote all my, or she put all of my August runs in, um, uh-huh. and which is a lot. That's uh, Normally I only get them a week in advance. So it's kind of okay. crazy. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, I, so I don't know what it, what it will be, but, um, wow. hopefully it won't oh. be too many two hour plus runs on Saturdays. Uh-huh. I got to get my knitting in too. <laughs> ah, you're my kind of girl. <laughs> we'll see you on Ravelry. Oh, yes, yes, Allison, for sure. We have to catch up on Ravelry. I got to okay. see what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Carrie, well, uh, Dimity and I are going to be at the Twin Cities Marathon Expo oh, and fantastic. hosting a podcast party. So we hope you'll join us. I'll be on Saturday, October 1st. Yes, so, um, I will love to stop by and say hello. Yeah. Yes, break away from the kitties and the knitting and, and <laughs> come see us and see how the podcast gets made. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us and, and good luck with all your miles this month, Carrie. Thank you. I appreciate Bye, it. Bye. Allison and I will be right back with our next guest after this break. Stick with us. Our next guest is Lorraine Stewart. I met her in Missoula, Montana. She and her wonderful husband had traveled there from their home outside of Nashville for Lorraine to run the marathon. 51 years young, Lorraine is in pursuit of doing all six of the Abbott World Marathon majors. She's a homemaker with two grown children. And like our first guest, Lorraine is working with a coach. I'm so delighted you could join us, Lorraine. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you invited me. Hey, Lorraine, it's Ellison. And I wanted to know, how long have you been a runner and what got you started running? Yes, that's a great question. It's been about 14 years, 13, 14 years. Um, And unlike Carrie, your previous guest, I never aspired to be a runner. Mm. Um, I never liked running in school, you know, usually the 50 yard dash or, and I was like, just want to get it finished. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had a good friend. I have a good friend named Jacinda Bishop and uh, she had recently gotten married and has, as has happened to many newly married people, she had gained some weight. So she asked me for some suggestions on what I could do to what she could do to um, lose the weight. Mm-hmm. And although I was not a runner, I always have been health conscious and I like to do exercise. So we started meeting at a local park that was almost a mile um, path. And we started meeting at the um, there to walk. We just mm-hmm. walked for mm-hmm. several months. We just did some walking. Mm-hmm. And then one day she turns to me and says, hey, do you want to run the next lap? Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't want to run the next lap. <laughs> but she had been a runner in school. So all the walking she was tired of, she was ready to get some energy going. She was ready to run. So uh, the next time we got together, um, she convinced me, come on, let's just try. Let's run. So I said, OK, but mm-hmm. if I need to stop, I'm going to stop. So I ran and halfway through, I stopped thinking about just appeasing her, Jasenia, and I started thinking about, wow, can I really run this whole almost mile of a lap? And I did it. And, and I've been running ever since. 
Wow. Well, well, kudos to Jacinia for getting you started. Yes. <laughs> um, so, okay, the Abbott World Marathon Majors, which is such a mouthful of a thing, um, but talk about a big goal. So um, we'd love for you to tell us about that pursuit and including telling us your plans for tackling the six marathons. And I'll list them out for, for folks who don't know. They're New York City, Boston, Chicago, London, Berlin, and Tokyo. I know you've ticked off at least New York City. Yes, I ran New York City in 2018. I ran Chicago in 2014. Okay. I was signed up to run Berlin in 2020, and then the pandemic happened. That's right. And yes, and then in 2021, um, it was coming back, but the cases of uh, COVID had started to increase again, so I didn't feel comfortable to to travel out of the country. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I didn't do it. And then I just threw my hat, my name in the hat again for 2022. And surprisingly, I got picked to run Berlin. So I will be running Berlin this September. Wow. Oh, wow. So exciting. Wow, that's right. Coming right up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and as Sarah mentioned in the intro, you have a running coach. Now, did you hire the coach for uh, this app, this long marathon pursuit or for other reasons? Um, mainly, um, I've been running, doing well, and just as you get older, you, you get slower. And, uh, I also have the issue of getting leg cramps for some reason. I have been trying to figure it out what is causing the leg cramps. So I hired the coach to see if she could kind of help me through that. And I would like, you know, try to, to see if I could do a under five hour marathon. Mm -hmm. So that was the main goal for that, just to see if I could get in really just figure out why I'm getting the leg cramps and get them under control, at least to be able to finish a marathon in under five hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned the the dreaded uh, getting slower as as we age thing. Yes. Um, so you you have found that to be the case is that um, like, how many marathons did you do in your 40s? And kind of how does your dear times compare? Yes, I did my first marathon at 40. I mm. did the Memphis St. Jude marathon. Okay. And from the very first marathon, I was running really well and I started getting the leg cramps. So that has been with me, you know, since the beginning. Oh, boy. Yes. Wow. And um, but I was faster. <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah, just over time, I've just noticed that I've gotten slower. Uh, just sending my, my good runner friend, we used to run together all the time. And then uh, she moved away and then I moved away. So I didn't have somebody to run with. And I think that having a camaraderie of somebody to run with also can make you a faster runner as well. Yeah, I feel you right there, Lorraine, because my best friend and running buddy, after 10 years, she left me and moved to Sweden. Oh, wow. (laughs) I've never forgiven her. Hear that, Monica? (laughs) So I'm interested about the coach and um, were there hydration issues? Is that what you know, was causing the leg cramps or how has the coach or have they helped you with that? Yeah. So yes and no. Um, I think that the hydration issues really was the part of it. When you're running, sometimes you don't realize that, you know, those little cups that they give you on the marathon course is, is not a lot to hydrate you. And then the other piece of it was the electrolytes mm-hmm. getting, you know, taking in a lot of water, but I sweat a lot. When I run, even when I do any exercise, I sweat a lot. So I wasn't just losing fluids. I was also losing electrolytes. So she put together a a plan for me to try and see, work out, 
um, making sure um, I'm getting a proper electrolyte. She sent me some suggestions on different um, products that I could use. Um, and we tried tried it out in training for the marathon. And in training, it seemed to really work well. Like I did a couple of 20-mile runs that I did not get leg cramps at all. Wow. That's awesome. Yes. But in, when I did the marathon in, in Montana, I, I think it was just a hot day. And maybe it was I, so I, hot. Yes, so it hot. was very hot. And I guess I just needed more electrolytes than what I was getting. So I still got leg cramps, but I was able to finish and it was not my worst time. So usually I, I'm just happy if I can finish the marathon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So your mind, I know you've, you've mentioned some changes in, in your running um, as far as your times and mm-hmm. some body issues. How about mentally? How have you, has that changed as as you've gone around to this age? Yes, I guess the idea now of, again, it's not just for time. Although I would like to finish a marathon in under five hours. Um, it's not about that. It's just about being out there. It's about challenging myself. It's about doing things that, you know, other people aren't doing. Being able to say, yes, I, I ran a marathon. And just having different goals. Even when I go into a, a marathon, the goal is to finish sometimes in a certain time, but sometimes it's just to finish or just to have fun or stop along the way and take pictures. Um, mm-hmm. This past marathon in Missoula, I convinced another friend of mine, Jackie, to um, train to come to and train with me. We trained. She lives in Texas. So we trained uh, via text message and telephone calls, just saying, hey, I'm running this miles and you know, five o'clock in the morning, she texts me, I'm getting ready to get started. I was like, yeah, me too. And we text when we're done. So that, that helps. And just to have different goals in mind, as opposed to just, because you, you're a bit, at some point, you're not going to keep getting PRs. You right. know, eventually you get to the point where it has to be about something else. So, you know, having, having somebody out there on a the course with me, Jackie, she ran most of the marathon with me, even though she really could have run a much faster time, but she tried to stay with me as much as possible and encourage me. So, uh, you know, just having that camaraderie and friendship and just being out there, I I enjoy it. That's awesome. So, Lorraine, what do you do in an attempt to stay injury free? I'm thinking your coach helps you on this, but I mean, is it foam rolling, strength training? Like what what does the coach work with you on and what have have you found works for you? Yes. um, One thing I definitely do strength training. I've always loved doing strength training. So and I found as I've gotten older that it makes a big difference. Uh, Stretching. That's something that I did not do when I first started running. I, I just would run and I would not stretch. And it seemed to work by me for me for a long time. But eventually I've gotten to the point that I need to stretch. So uh, I do stretches before um, I go out for my run. And then when I finish my run, there's certain stretches, a series of stretches that I do. And it has helped uh, me to stay injury free. And I also am a vegan. So because... Yes, because of the the plant-based lifestyle that I lead, I really think that makes a big difference in in not having so much inflammation in my body. Hmm. Oh, interesting. How long ago did you go vegan? Uh, It's been 10 years. Wow. Oh, and you noticed a change in how your body performed or how you felt after workouts. I mean, talk to us a little bit about that. I'm intrigued. Yes. More specifically, I noticed a difference in how my body um, recovered. So just oh. a recovery, when I would finish a run, I wouldn't be so sore. I could go out and run the next day without being sore. Uh, my body just felt light and, you know, I, I felt like I could just keep keep going. So that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in being uh, in the, being vegan. The recovery is so much faster. 
Yeah, yeah, you were singing my husband Carl's song, and if uh, you're ever down here in South Carolina, you can swing by and y'all can swap recipes. Definitely. <laughs> now, you and your husband, TL, uh, jumped into the world of triathlons uh, about three years ago. So what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, I, I loved it, and that is another goal besides one of the, the six majors, uh, world mar- marathon majors. I would love to do another marathon Uh I was have never been a strong swimmer. Mm. In fact, I actually had to take lessons to learn how to swim. It just wasn't something we did when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. um, I just started. I said, well, let me get in. And I wasn't even a strong swimmer when I did the the, the triathlon. But mm. what convinced me is that specific triathlon was a sprint triathlon. And the pool, it was done in a pool as opposed to a lake. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. only five feet deep. So mm-hmm. I figured... All else spells I can stand up and just walk. Yeah. <laughs> through it and get through it. If it comes down to it, that's my plan. Yes, B. exactly. So I take so, it you're over five feet tall, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I knew I would not drown. <laughs> and and I take it it did not come to that. No, though, that you swear. Yes, I was able mm-hmm. to swim. I was able I, I did much better than I expected to do, and I was able to get out the pool and then I love to bike and, and I love to run, of course. So um it just so happened it was the coldest day of the year. It was like in October and it was like an unlikely freezing cold day, but oh goodness. <laughs> but uh we got we we got through it and, and I enjoyed it. I can add that to my uh list of things that I've accomplished. So definitely would like to do another one. Nice, nice. And you mentioned to me in an email that you had one on the docket, but uh the pandemic squashed that. Yes, yes. It was actually the same um triathlon I was gonna do the following year, but um, and then now I don't even see it on the calendar now. So I'm not sure if th- because of the pandemic, a lot of races and things have gone away. So mm-hmm. I'll have to look oh, for something. Yeah. 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 So do you think it would be another pool one or what do you think? Yeah, it'll be a pool one because I, I'm just getting back into trying to get my swimming up to mm-hmm. par. So definitely be in the pool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, um, speaking of dear TL, um, he is truly the greatest supporter cheerleader I've seen. And I mean, oh my gosh, he greeted you at the Missoula Marathon finish line with a bouquet of flowers oh, and this mass- massive wow. hug. It was such an awesome picture wow. that Missoula Marathon shared on their Instagram. Um, so talk about what his love and support at races does for you. Oh, he, he is just the best, the best guy. He's the best husband. Uh, he has always been very supportive of me, anything that I want to do. Even when I said, oh, I think I like to run um, Berlin or I want to run Montana. Go ahead, sign up. Fine. You know, well, let's go. Let's do it. And then he's there, you know, he, uh, on the course. He finds places to, to meet me. Sometimes he sees, oh, you're, are your legs cramping? That's OK. You can keep going. Get it done. You know, he really just uh, cheers me on. He's my biggest fan, he always says. And he's definitely my biggest cheerleader. Uh, that's just who he is. He's a cheerleader by nature of of mm-hmm. all people, but mm-hmm. he's definitely my biggest cheerleader. Oh, that's wonderful! Wow, that's he wonderful. sounds great. I think you need to clone him, Lorraine. Yes, <laughs> several of my friends have said that to me. <laughs> oh, honestly, honestly, it was just such a joy to meet the, the both of you in oh, Montana. Wow. He just, the, yeah, 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 yeah. We we enjoyed it too. We enjoyed meeting up with you and being able to. Uh, you know, see, be at your live podcast, but um, just the inspiration that you've given on through the podcast, you and Dimity and your other co-hosts is very encouraging to me. It keeps oh. me 
you know, keeps me going. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. Well, looking forward, Lorraine, do you allow yourself to think about what uh, your running and your possibly triathloning might look like after you complete the world majors? Mm, I think I've just really focused on trying to complete the world majors, especially because they're by lottery. So I, I think what I'm doing is every year that I try and put in for one, if I get picked, then that's what it, it will be for the year. And if I don't get picked, then I can focus on a triathlon. So I think that's what I'm going to do for next year. I'm going to try and put into for London um, and Tokyo. And if I get picked for either one of those, then I'll be focusing on that for the year. And if I don't, then I'll put in, I'll, I'll try for another triathlon. Well, great. Well, we will be cheering for you, um, you know, across the internet. And uh, <laughs> we, we wish you all the best next month in Berlin. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me on the, on the podcast. Thanks. Take care, Lorraine. Bye-bye. Our 60-something runner is next. We have 62-year-old Mary Beth Frerichs. She's a certified executive coach, a mother of a college student, three grown stepchildren, and two grandbabies. Um, she lives across the river from me here in Portland, Oregon, and I've had the good fortune to hang out with her at several of our running retreats. Thanks for joining us, Mary Beth. Sure. Thanks for having me. So Mary Beth, you and I are of an age, as they say, and I, I'd love to hear about your running background. Um, I've run my whole life. I'm really lucky. I started in middle school and then in high school, I switched to tennis because I thought it'd be a better life skill. <laughs> Crazy as that was. Familiar. Uh, yeah. And then in college, I just started running about at 19 and just haven't stopped since. I run my whole adult life. Yeah. Yeah. So did, did someone tell you like, oh, tennis will be a better life school? Like what, what high schooler is thinking like, oh, I need to find something I can do my entire life. <laughs> well, you know, my family were, my dad was a, just a great golfer and it was that, oh yeah. Okay. Well, tennis, I should learn how to do this. And so I just decided, and I, I actually love to play tennis. I just haven't played, um, you know, I played on vacations and those kinds of things, but uh -huh. yeah. All right. Yeah, because I know that where, you know, growing up here, there was a tennis, a women's tennis team, very small, and a women's golf team, also very small, but that was it. So, right. you know, there really wasn't a lot to, you know, encourage you to do much else. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, but now, so now you're, you've got a lot going on in your, in your life. How do you juggle the uh, work-run balance? Um, you know, I'm fortunate to know that my number one value is physical health and my well-being. And I live by that value. Um, I schedule my runs. I schedule my workouts. Um, it's top of mind. As well as, you know, my well-being, my mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. It's all It's all wrapped in my number one value. And that's been, you know, that just makes me get up and go. It's, it's I live by that. And it's really been helpful. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So describe your, your racing life these days. <laughs> oh, these days it's been pretty slow since Hilton had my goodness. <laughs> um, I had such a good run at, uh, I was lucky to go to the AMR uh, retreat in Hilton head right before COVID. In fact, yes. it was, you know, we all flew home and I think we were all stuck at home. Yep. And then I ran the Portland half marathon last year and I was oh. actually laughing at myself because 
I listened to a book versus music and my time was super slow. <laughs> oh, no. No. I'm teaching myself, you know, maybe I should listen to books. I should really get back to faster beat music for sure. Yeah. And I was, and I, you know, I loved all your programs. I, I think I've done all of them. Oh, your that's awesome. Yeah. That's nice. And so that's kept, that's kept, kept me going for sure. It's really okay. helpful. Okay. All right. Well, so you must have been listening to music uh, at our Hilton Head retreat race because you were very speedy. And don't you try to sandbag because I, I think that would be your nature. Um, so have you always been that fast? How, how has age affected your speed and perhaps your desire to hone it? Um, that's a great question. I'll start with the fact that I noticed I have slowed down um, in the last couple of years because I don't have anyone to run with. Mm -hmm. um, I One of the reasons I got involved with AMR is to meet other people, and that's just been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I can go out and run, usually keep pretty good pace with the pacer, whoever I'm with, which mm -hmm. I'm really lucky. Um, however, I have slowed down quite a bit. And I think a little bit of it is, is age. And the other is, you know, I don't, I just don't have a running group right now that I'm running with. Mm -hmm. And over the years um, I've, I've stayed pretty steady. I qualified for Boston and unfortunately it was the same year that the whole lottery system changed. So, you know, oh. to sign up and then ah, they changed it. So I never got to run it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, all the different races and stuff I've done and my speed has always been anywhere probably from around in the eights, I think, mm -hmm. you know, that wow. kind of pace. Mm -hmm. My best, uh, my best uh, ever was the first leg of the hood to coast one year. I did six forty ones. Wow. All downhill. All, down <laughs> all downhill. And believe me, I've never had my That's right. the same. <laughs> Okay, I was forgetting I had a moment blank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were really excited and I just got away from you. Yeah. Well, oh my no, God. Still, yeah, walking like two or three. Oh, no, I'm either. sure. I'm sure. But you still, that's still an accomplishment because you think about how you have to really pace yourself going downhill. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's it's still an accomplishment, very much mm -hmm. so. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I, I hear you. You're singing my language because I began noticing. Things started to really slow for me in my late 50s, like a couple of years after menopause. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, you know, it's you just have to kind of roll with it and, and appreciate it in some ways. But besides the speed change and everything, in what other ways have you do you feel like you've changed or evolved as a runner? Um, you know, I also am pretty much a plant based uh individual. Mm -hmm. I took wow. the um, eCornell plant-based certification program about five, wow. five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I probably haven't had any form of red meat for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so I, I still have fish and chicken, you know, maybe once a week, mm -hmm. um, but not much. And I would say the, the biggest thing that's happened is it's kept my metabolism going. Hmm. Yeah. More clean diet. Uh, I don't do dairy. Um, you know, and just the cleaner the diet, I think it's kept me going. I just feel better. I don't hmm. feel sluggish as much. Hmm. Um, so I would say that my diet as well 
has really contributed to my running and feeling good. Well, I want to ask you a follow-up question to that because, uh, like I mentioned, my husband is is primarily vegan like you. He, he will have fish or chicken. But when I tried to do it, I lost so much weight that, you know, I really, I just couldn't sustain it. Um, and people kept telling me to eat the two things that I can't stand, which are avocados and sweet potatoes. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. But, uh, and I've talked to a couple of other people with the same thing. So that's, we'll maybe have to talk later about that. Um, but is that something that, that you had to struggle with or? Um, I've noticed it a little bit over the last two or three years. Um, I'm pretty strong with nut butters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some form of protein. I, um, I also took Ellie's class um, mm-hmm. on nutrition mm-hmm. and tried to get some hints about how I could bring more, um, you know, healthy fats into my diet and a little bit more protein. And so I'll add Whenever I have oatmeal, I'll add, um, you know, a nut butter to it for sure. You know, just little things like that. Um, Unfortunately, for for you, I I really love avocados and sweet potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, it's another one. Yeah, I know. We'll just have to figure something out though that'll that'll work for you. Yeah. Well, um, how talking about moving to sort of injuries, uh, which I've been knock on wood uh, not had as many. Um, as I've gotten older, but how do you stay injury free? And have you been successful in avoiding injuries? Um, I've been very successful. I have been injured free. I um, am committed to doing strength training twice a week. I um, do TRX and rip trainer. Um, And I've always been a strong stretcher. I stretch right out of the shower, dry off, and I do stretching, I do sit-ups, you know, I do lots of yoga kind of at that point. Mm. And I love to get massages. If I could mm. have a massage once a week, I would be in heaven. <laughs> Separate at birth. Yeah, that I always thought if I ever made a ton of money, I'd just have a masseuse on call. Absolutely. <laughs> So, so I have to ask, so do you put on clothes to do your stretching yoga post shower or are we talking naked? <laughs> oh, uh, I put clothes back on. I just have, okay. I just have my, you know, light sweats and a light t-shirt. I just stretch in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I just, just want, I had a visual. I just want to know how to clothe yeah. you in my visual. So <laughs> family right. shows, Sarah, family show. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, so Mary Beth, I, I know that you enjoy skiing. So how do you work that sport and maybe other ones into the mix? Like what's a typical week of workouts look like for you? You mentioned strength training twice a week. Um, I'm probably running three to four days a week, strength training twice. Um, I do a lot of walking, especially since COVID because all my friends walk now. So, um, Mm -hmm. I am up in the Hills, so we get lots of the Hills in up here. Uh Um, hiking in the winter, I've always been a season pass holder. So Mm -hmm. I ski up at Mount Hood Meadows and I'll scoot up, um, in the morning and just, like do 12, 13 runs and then come back and work in the afternoon. <laughs> nice. Um, Very nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's really how I look at my day or my weeks for sure. Uh Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, so what have been some of the biggest surprises or lessons you've learned about yourself through running? I would say one of the lessons is that what's most important is not how fast I am, but I can keep moving is really also a personal goal is I just want to be able to keep walking as much and as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know it's really made a difference in my mental game and how I approach my life and how I approach my work. You know, if I don't take care of myself, I can't be a great wife, a great coach, a great mom. You know, I, mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. So the biggest surprise is I've just really been able to hold on to that and haven't let go of that. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it sounds like then you envision yourself continuing, if not to run, to do, to always be active throughout the rest of your life. Is that correct? Absolutely. I'm very interested in the whole body of work around the blue zone and how people yes. live, you know, hundred um, tribe is really important. So hats off to you, Sarah and Dimini for AMR. Hmm. You, know, you guys have created an amazing tribe of human beings. It's just been oh, so fun. You. Yeah, thank the retreats you. are great. Um, my only plug is I hope you go to new places too. <laughs> oh, you got to join us in. You got to go out to Redmond with us. I think that is going to just be, ugh, it's just going to be so fantastic and different than the rest of our retreats. Yes, uh, I'm going to sign up for it for sure. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, because if you've gotten off of Highway 97, you'll find out that Redmond is just such a charming town and that hotel we're staying at, oh my yeah. gosh, and if and if we do the takeover of it, it's just going to be, you know, the Mother Runner crib, and uh, <laughs> I, I imagine doors open and running back and forth to other people's rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Until 8.30 at night when everything <laughs> Sarah, shut up, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Oh my, oh my goodness. Well, uh, hope to see you before uh, Central Oregon Retreat next June, Mary Beth. It's been great talking with you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, well, maybe we're short-sighted, but our final runner is in her 70s. Diane Young-Morris is a mother runner in Stockbridge, Michigan. Um, Diane owns a yoga studio. She's a certified yoga instructor and yoga therapist. And like Mary Beth, our last guest, I know Diane IRL. She and her grown daughter, Julie, were part of our retreat this last February on Hilton Head Island. So welcome, Diane. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Good. So before we jump into running, let's sit with yoga for a few. So share your yoga background with us. And both Ellison and I want to know what a yoga therapist is. Okay. Well, I've been a yoga instructor since 2003. Mm. Um, And yeah, it's been a long time. Um, So I teach, you know, I taught at, uh, while I was still working full-time before I retired, I would teach evenings and early mornings in a wellness center. Um, I I also taught at the hospital that I worked at um, in the evenings. Cardiology is my background, so um, I taught a class for cardiac patients. Mm -hmm. And then um, when yoga therapy started to be a thing, um, I entered a program um, at a local hospital for yoga therapy So yoga therapy is working one-on-one with someone um, 
to work on, you know, it's not so much a class or movement. We do a lot with meditation, breathing, um, you know, just trying to help people reduce symptoms that they might have. We're not diagnosing or treating anything. We're just trying to help people live a better life. Okay. Through yoga. (laughs) So I guess getting back uh, to running, then when did running enter your life? How long have you been at it? You know, running entered my life kind of late. I was a race walker for 20 years. And um, I, yeah, I didn't start running until I was in my 60s, my early 60s. Wow. Wow. Gee, Mm, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I'm I'm thinking about yoga again, because uh, I remember back about 15 years ago when I was running starting to really run in Portland, we took a yoga class, my best friend and I, and one of the instructors had been a runner, was now uh, a yoga devotee, and she kept trying to talk us out of running because she said it wasn't good for us. So I'm wondering, how do you feel the two activities complement each other? (laughs) Oh, I just, you know, really think they complement each other wonderfully. Um, you know, I run and I'm, I'm basically a trail runner these days because I find it's easier on my body. Um, so keeping that cardiovascular fitness up and the, the, the balance and being able to move over the trails is really important. It helps my yoga, makes me stronger, but my yoga then complements my running by helping with my balance and my flexibility, my range of motion, which, you know, as we get older, even though I've been doing yoga for many, many years, I'm not as flexible as I was. Mm. So I think they go well together. Good. Hand in hand. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And (laughs) it makes perfect sense too. So Diane, how did you get involved in running and particularly trail running? You know, I think that can be kind of intimidating for, for some people, particularly women? Yes, it can be. Um, well, so I was, like I said, I race walked for, for 20 years and I race walked a marathon in 2011 in Columbus, Ohio, which is an amazing marathon. Um, but I was having a lot of repetitive use pain in my sciatica and my, and my low back. I was in physical therapy while I was training. I was on, you know, prescription ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. I was in a lot of pain, but back then I also didn't really do any cross training, you know, other than doing my yoga. Um, And I, I don't think that was healthy for my body. So after the marathon, I stopped for um, a couple of years and one of my friends um, that I knew through work at the hospital asked me to, participate in a um, Women Run the D in Detroit, and it was benefiting um, women with heart disease. I said, oh, I don't run anymore. And she said, well, you can walk it. And I thought, all right, I can walk a 5K. I can do that. So um, I started doing that, and I ended up walk running. And I found that walk running didn't hurt my, you know, tender spots. So I did that 5k and I did a walk run and then I did, you know, several after that. Um, 
I did a 10 miler even, even though I said I wouldn't do more than a 5k. <laughs> then when I turned, so I did my, my marathon when I was 60, that was my goal. Um, so when I turned 65, I was doing um, a 5k locally and I thought I want to run the whole thing. Heck with this, you know, run walking. So I did. <laughs> um, and so I had always loved the trails. We, we moved uh, seven years ago out into the country away from the, when I retired away from the, the suburbs of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I like to hike. Um, and then I don't really know how I became aware of trail running, but it just was in my orbit. And I thought, well, I'm on the trail. Maybe I'll try to run. So I read up on it and looked at stuff. And, and so that's how I got into trail running a little bit. And then in 2018, I became um, aware of Trail Sisters, and they started a local group. Yeah, they started a local group in in my area, um, which I joined, and that really was a game changer. I mean, I was very intimidated, but the group is so not intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a no drop and and all different um, abilities. So I've really met the nicest, nicest people, and... Uh, really, that was the big beginning of my trail running where I, I'm doing it, you know, all the time now. So oh, that's, that's awesome that you mentioned Trail Sisters, because um, just the other day, we were having an editorial meeting. And I told Dimity, I'm like, Oh, I think in September, I'm going to try to get you know, one of the founders of Trail Sisters on the podcast. So I'm glad to hear an endorsement. Yeah, she would be great. And I'm, I'm going to a Trail Sisters retreat next week in boulder so awesome excited about that yeah Yeah, awesome so so diane what's a typical week of exercise like for you well right now i'm coming off an injury um so i'm i'm just getting back i finished physical therapy and i'm just getting back to running um Right now, I'm running three days a week, two during the week, and a longer run on the weekend on the trails during the week. I don't always get on the trails. I run on some dirt roads. Mm-hmm. Um, I use my Peloton bike, or, or not a Peloton, a Peloton app, but I have a, a spin bike, um, mm-hmm. or I bike outside. Um, I do my yoga, and I try to fit in some strength training. So before that, before I hurt myself, mm-hmm. I had a, a running coach, which I don't have right now. And I was training for um, a 24-mile endurance hike that mm. was in May. And then I was going to do a marathon, a trail marathon in August. So I was doing a lot more running on the weekend. Mm. I would hike one day and run one day. Mm-hmm. But the hike is what kind of did me in with the um, knee mm. pain. So I'm not mm. doing the marathon. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 So I was running, I was running, you know, four days a week um, mm-hmm. then and wow. I'm doing cross training. And sometimes I run in the pool. I also oh, do okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have been a pretty avid racer because Sarah mentioned something to me about a photo of you doing a race. It looked like a night race. Yes, yes. That's a local race we have. Um, it's about an hour from my house, but I used to live near the, the park and they have a, a night race, which I love. It's a, it's only a 5k, but um, 
you know, I, I really did it last year for the first time because I was doing Michigan Trail Ragnar and I had never run at night. So I really wanted to get that experience. And um, it's just a really fun run. And I did it again this year. Um, and, you know, once you hit 70, it's a lot easier to get first in your age group. Um, so there, yeah. Um, I have, you know, been on the podium several times this year. Sometimes I'm the only one in my age group, but not always. No. So <laughs> it's kind of fun because I'm so slow that that was never a never a thing. Yeah. <laughs> see, but see, but you must have crossed paths at least on our, uh, you know, Facebook page with Penny Knoll, who was on the podcast um, last month, and you know, she's trying to qualify for Boston. She's um, in her early seventies as well. And, you know, she said it's still pretty intense trying to qualify for Boston that, that she doesn't, you know, whatever the age cutoff is or sorry, yeah. time cutoff. Yeah. You know, she still thinks she needs like a two, three minute cushion. So, you know, there are, there yeah, are the, speedy know, 70 plus chicks out there. There are. And I think they tend to be more road runners than trail runners mm. okay. because I find if I do, like I said, I will still do maybe a 5k. I won't do any more than that on roads. Then you've got the speedy ladies who, you know, are just <laughs> have been running their whole lives. They're natural runners. I'm not a natural runner. Um, and especially in when I was in my sixties, you know, there were always a lot faster people. I think on the trails, um, I haven't found quite as much of the um, people in my age group. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well then does that mean that you've had to kind of tinker with your headspace to adjust your running expectations? Oh, yes. You know what? I think the headspace is worse than the physical part. Um, Well, maybe, I mean, it goes together in my head. I mean, you know this. In your head, you're the same person you were when you were 20, right? Yes. <laughs> um, even though you know you're not 20. And I wake up in the morning and I have aches and pains. And I know that it takes a lot longer for me in my brain. I know it takes a lot longer for me to recover. But it's still hard to accept that. Mm. Um, I'm not competitive as far as, you know, I mean, I'm competitive with myself only in that I run... Um, to keep fit and to clear my mind. So, you know, I try to stay where I think I should be just from where I'm at. But I, I mean, like if I'm on the trails, I'm like, okay, it's a race. You're behind me. You want to go around me? Go ahead. You know, (laughs) I'm not competitive that way, but I still have these expectations that why am I so tired if I did a long run, you know, and I just am toast the rest of the day or you know why do I have all these aches and pains (laughs) I mean I know why I do but I feel like it shouldn't affect me I guess is what I'm saying um and I'm I'm always kind of surprised when I'm listening to a podcast and there's you know a runner who's in her 30s or 40s and you know, people who have been running all their lives and they say, oh, you know, now I'm in my 30s or my 40s and I I just take so much longer to recover. And I'm thinking, oh, oh if they're having a hard time to recover, <laughs> you know, I need to give myself some grace. Yeah. So I I find that I think the hardest part is is really, even though I know in my brain, really taking that 
to heart. Not that I don't take rest days, but I, I need to, I think, give myself a little more grace. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so you mentioned, Diane, about um, aches and pains, and then you said that you think your uh, most recent injury was due actually to hiking, not the running. I mean, what do you, other than yoga, how do you think you are, you know, what are you doing to sidestep injury? Well, I think the hike because the hiking and running together, because I was doing a lot of miles, I was doing a lot of miles hiking and then back to back with running. So I don't think my body, I don't think my body liked that. Um, Mm. I have an instability in my pelvis and that's what's causing my knees, no causing my knee pain. It's not my knee. Uh Um, So what I do, I mean, I have my yoga, of course, and I teach several days a week and have my own practice, but um, I do spin. I do go in the water. I'm not much of a swimmer, but I will run in the water. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate where one of the places I teach at um, gives me a membership and I I have access to a pool Um, or I will use a kickboard and, Mm. um, and work out my, my hips and my legs and my glutes, which I really need to strengthen. And then, like I said, I do some strength training, not as much as I probably should, but I'm trying since PT to be really conscious of that. And um, I really want to amp up my strength training over the winter, even though I run all year round, I don't run as much um, in the winter because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're forgiven for that living in Michigan. Yeah. We'll, we'll grant you that. <laughs> well, you said you're yeah. running um, in your 60s. So I'm assuming you, you haven't been running for more than, you know, 10 to 15 years. Have you ever had regrets that maybe you didn't sort of dig deeper into it uh, as a younger woman? Oh, sure. You know, being 70, when I was a kid, um, you know, it was before time. Title Nine, and there was nothing. There was nothing. We were not as was encouraged to do anything physical. You know, I felt awkward. I hated gym class. You know, I just, but I would be so envious of what my brothers were doing, you know, mm. and <laughs> I'd try to emulate them a little bit to their dismay and, <laughs> you know, try to play football with them and basketball and, you know, as their little sister. And then, you know, I mean, I did, I went through the whole 80s aerobics thing. So, you know, my whole adult life, I've enjoyed being um, physical. Running was always really hard for me. And I always wished I could do it. And I thought I couldn't. That's why I turned to race walking. Mm. And to be honest, when I started running, I could race walk faster than I could run. Mm. But um, so I, I just find... Yeah, I find I I do regret that I hadn't started it sooner. I regret that I didn't have that support mm-hmm. out there to encourage me to do it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, confidence I think would have come with some other support. I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, but- most definitely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So Diane, how do you see the rest of your running days playing out? I mean, do you think that next year you'll try the, uh, the trail marathon or, um, what do you see? What do you envision? You know, it's really hard right now. I'm feeling a little bit discouraged and I'm a little afraid of going to Boulder. I mean, I know I can hike. It was going to be, you know, it's mountains, we don't have mountains in Michigan. Um, and I was, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm trying not to get too upset, but I'm feeling disappointed because 
I was supposed to be really getting stronger and working on hills and, you know, all of that before I go. Um, So I'm trying to tell myself it will be fine. And looking forward, I think that I have to be kind of honest with myself and not go for those really long distances. Mm. I won't say I won't do a half marathon. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the last one I did was a, you know, COVID shutdown times. I did a, um, just a virtual one, but um, I've never really thought that the long distances were for me. It's just that I like to have goals to work towards. So I think I have to pull back a little bit. I'm hoping doing some more cross training and strength training this winter will help me be a stronger runner um, and hiker next year. But um, I still plan on running. You know, people will often ask me, well, geez, you're 70. How much longer are you going to do this? And (laughs) my, (laughs) you know, and I have fallen, you know, so it's like, oh, you're going to break your hip. Um, So I, my answer is I'll run until I can't. And when I feel like I can't, I will hike until I can't. I love being on the trails. I love being outside. I love being active. You know, it helps me mentally and physically. So I think because of this injury I've got right now, I mean, I will never say never, but I think next year I will pull back a little bit from the miles, but mm-hmm. still run and and maybe add a little bit more hiking and a little less running next season, but we'll see. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- thank you so much for sharing, Diane. This was really lovely to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Take good care. Okay, bye. You know, Sarah, what I found so uh, interesting about all of these, all three of these women, or four of them, excuse me, um, was that the common themes, and, you know, mm-hmm. I kept hearing about strength training, mm-hmm. or, you know, other kind of core training, and then uh, running with someone, you know, several oh, of them mentioned yes. having, you know, like, you know, my person moved away, or, you know, something in uh, and then the diet, you know, two of them are vegan, which I found very interesting. So yeah. it's, it's interesting how over these, you know, essentially how many decades we have some commonalities. Exactly. Exactly. You must be able to see the notes that I've been copiously keeping while, <laughs> while, I've, while they've been talking. And I'm like making like marks so that I'll know like theme, play this up in the show notes. <laughs> We've known each other too long, Sarah. <laughs> no, not too long. And <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, to enjoy discounts from all sorts of our marketing partners like Noon, Goo, Handful, Curex, Kinesis Sunscreen, and more, as well as many of the discount codes from a lot of our podcast advertisers. They're all collected in one easy to find place. Head over to our website, anothermotherrunner.com. And then to find that page with all those deals on it, click on the word about in the top navigation, which are the words that run across the top of our homepage and click on exclusive discounts in the drop down menu. So again, go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on about toward the top of the page, and you'll see in the drop down, there's exclusive discounts. And it'll take you to this magical place that has all these ways to save 15, 20, 25%. It's really some great deals waiting for you. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Madour from Fire on the Bluff. Many happy miles. (laughs) 